Welcome to the Systematic Magic Podcast with Vance Morris. How to outserve, outmarket, and outprice your competition in any economy. Based on Vance's 10 year career with the Walt Disney Company. Every episode is jam packed with strategies, tactics, and examples to propel your business to the next level. The episodes are quick and to the point. You are meant to take action. As Vance says, you won't profit unless you implement. Now, on to our episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Tom Matson here along with Chris Mason. Welcome to the second half of the Survive and Thrive or Crash and Burn Direct Marketing Success Summit. We're so excited that you're joining us. Uh, whether you're live on Zoom or live on Zoom, since <laughs> we're not broadcasting on Facebook right now. Uh, but you guys are in for a treat. Those of you that are inside the room are in for a treat. Uh, our next speaker has spent 10 years working for the mouse at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. He started his career at Disney on the opening team of the Yacht and Beach Club Resorts. Progressed through the management ranks as nightclub manager at Pleasure Island. Oh my God, there's got to be stories there. Service trainer aboard Empress Lily and on the revitalization team of the Contemporary Resort in the mid-90s. It was at Contemporary that he got his crowning achievement, designing, opening, and operating Chef Mickey's, Disney's flagship character dining experience. After leaving Disney... (laughs) Yes, people do leave, he says. He utilized his skills to rescue or improve many of America's companies and government agencies. His clients included Legal Seafoods. Oh, I love those guys. Tyson, NASA, Rainforest Cafe, Compass Group, the Executive Office of the President of the United States, Smithsonian, a nice little startup, and the Kennedy Center for Performing Arts. Tiring of the corporate life, he opened his own bricks and mortar business in 2007. After meteoric growth of his service business, other entrepreneurs began to seek him out for advice and counsel. This spawned his next business, Deliver Service Now Institute, DSNI, consulting and coaching other companies on how to create and implement Disney-style service, then apply direct response marketing to profit from it. He shared the stage with many of the premier marketers and service professionals in the world, including Dan Kennedy, Joe Polish, Bob Brown, Lou Frigno, Dean Jackson, Charles Henning, Lee Cockrell, and Meg Crofton. And he's the longest reigning marketer of the year, GKIC Dan Kennedy Award, five years. Oh, my word. That's fantastic. So excited. Uh, Today, he's going to talk about what would Walt, as in Walt Disney, do. So excited to have you here, Vance. Uh, Vance Morris, everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> the cyber crowd. Hands are waving. <laughs> hands are waving. Actually, you used to have on, on rooms now, you can raise hands. Have you seen that feature on Zoom? Room? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, don't have, they haven't migrated to webinar yet, so you'll just have to assume they're applauding. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so glad that you're here, Vance. Thanks for making time for us today. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, you know, Walt grew up in some tough times and, you know, he really became he really epitomized what I call the difference between having resources and being resourceful. Mm. Uh, A lot of times Walt was pretty gosh darn near broke, if not already bankrupt. Um, You know, one of the great stories that happened out of the opening of Disneyland uh, was that he had run out of money during the construction and had, didn't have any uh, cash for the landscaping out front. So he instructed his sign crew just to go out, uh, put up uh, signs with the Latin names of the weeds that were out there and made it look like it was actually supposed to be there. 
you know, so there's a difference between resources and being resourceful. Oh um, my word. What a great, what a great example of that for entrepreneurs, because you hear this all the time. What if I don't have money? What if I don't have money? How can I do this if I don't have money? And my mentor, Jay Abraham would always say, well, how would you solve it without money? And yeah. <laughs> sort of like, took the wind out of your sails complaining really quickly because it was like, oh, that's a good question. How would you solve it, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, I mean, even um, uh, going back to uh, the, uh, I lost my train of thought, <laughs> oh, um, uh, the handbag guy, um, Kenneth Cole. Oh, okay. uh, You know, when he was getting started, I mean, the story is legendary that, um, you know, when he was getting started, he couldn't afford to get into the big shows in New York. Uh, so he went about uh, trying to get a trailer to park out on, uh, you know, Fifth Avenue in front of these uh, shoe, uh, shoe shows. And, you know, he sent an employee over to the mayor's office and said, hey, you know, Mr. Mayor, how does one park a uh, tractor trailer uh, on Fifth Avenue? And the mayor's office obviously said one doesn't. And, you know, <laughs> had it been an employee, it probably would have ended there. But Kenneth Cole being resourceful, he was lacking in resources, but was resourceful, um, decided to uh, change his, well, he asked, okay, well, how does one park on the, on the street? And they said, we only give permits to uh, uh, pe people that are uh, shooting full-length feature films and utility companies. So ding, 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 ding. Um, Kenneth went out and changed uh, the name of his company from Kenneth Cole uh, Inc. to Kenneth Cole Productions Inc. and <laughs> applied to do a movie called The Birth of a Shoe. Oh! <laughs> and, you know, so they had cameras, red carpet. Uh, they had New York's finest, the, you know, the cops there doing security at the line. And he, and he sold, I don't know, 10, 20, 30,000 pairs of shoes um, by being resourceful and not being stuck on, I don't have resources. Love it. Love it. What a, so if you were to, ta you know, people right now feeling pressure and stress and all the stuff that's going on, how do you foster resourcefulness when you just want to get through the day sometimes, right? I mean, we've got a whole range of people that are in various levels of go for it on the summit today, obviously, but sure. what would your advice I mean, be, Vance? Where would you start? You know, I mean, I think again, you know, what would Walt do right now? And I think one of the things he'd be doing, and Disney is doing a very good job of it, is communicating with their guests, either their prior guests or their future guests, you know, people that have had vacation plans ruined. Um, and, and I think Walt would really be heartfelt going on TV like he did with, um, uh, you know, his, his television shows back in the day, um, and really getting in front of everybody saying, it's going to be okay. We're not going anywhere. We're going to reopen. Um, I mean, Disney just laid off 100,000 employees um, and, you know, need, need, needing to be reassured that, you know, a lot of those people are going to be coming back. It's going to be a slow process. But I think, you know, for your uh, employees, for your customers or clients, getting out there and being in communication with them and not trying to force the sale. I think that's what a lot of, too many people right now are trying to force a sale and they become needy. And when you become needy, that really permeates any communication you're doing. And nobody likes being yeah. around a needy person. Plus um, they can smell it, right? I mean, you know, part of this is what do you want to be remembered for? 
And do you want to be remembered for being needy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, the thing that, you know, I also own, a, as you mentioned in my intro, a service business. I, I am the uh, illustrious owner of a oriental rug and carpet cleaning business here in Maryland. Oh. And yeah, so, you know, everything that I teach my clients, I actually use in my carpet business. And my, my tagline is, is if a carpet cleaner can do it, anybody can do it. Uh, and, you know, disney your business. I mean, you know, you think about the, the levels of home services, you know, you've got pest control, you've got, uh, you know, electricians and plumbers, you know, carpet cleaners are down in the basement. We're not exactly thought of, I mean, 2020 did an expose on us for crying out loud. Um, so if a carpet cleaner can do it, anybody can do it. I what assume you meant an expose in the industry, not on you guys, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. was not on me personally. <laughs> Just want to be clear, uh, your oriental rug is safe with fans. <laughs> so, so, um, but, so, so at any rate, um, Chris, jump in. How are we going with yeah, this? yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a, I've got a question here because, um, you know, I've taken, I've got two little kids. I've taken them to, to Disney and you know, the, the experience, um, I, I didn't know how much I would like Disney until I, until I went, I expected actually to, to not enjoy it at all. And then I went the first time and it was amazing. And so I'm looking at your, your background, Disneyfy your business. And I'm, I'm curious, like, I think I know what that means, like create a cool experience maybe, but I'm, I'd love to hear you talk about, um, how does one begin to Disneyfy their business? What does that mean? Where do you, where do you start? Um, is it, um, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll just leave it open into there. How do you, how do you start disinfy your business? What does that mean? And sure. kind of what process you take clients through? In a nutshell for me, disinfy means creating an experience out of the mundane. So there are mundane things that we have to do every day in our businesses in order for the business to run and continue. We have to answer the phone to an employee. That's a mundane thing. But to the person on the other end of the phone, who's uh, you know making the call, this is the first time that they're calling this business. So they need to be expecting an experience. So how do you make an experience out of answering the telephone? Um, I presented to a group of insurance agents and I asked this question when I'm doing uh, presentations in front of a live audience. Um, not that this audience isn't alive, but you know what I mean. And I'll ask the, ask the uh, uh, audience, okay, how do you answer the phone? And I usually get some form of, you know, thank you for calling Dave's Allstate. How may I help you? Um, and one guy, uh, one of my clients was a rock and roll fanatic. I mean, just, I mean, he had Jimi Hendrix and the who all over his office. I mean, the whole guitars, gold records, everything decorating the walls. And he had his team answering the phone. Thank you for calling Dave's Allstate, the agency that rocks. Now, that is making it an experience out of the mundane. It didn't cost him anything to do that. So, you know, when you're Disneyfying, there, some of these things that we do, there are no costs associated with them. You can start this stuff, um, you know, at any time. You know, I give you an example of, um, and people are going to remember that, you know. Um, and, you know, with marketing either to attract the people you want to do business with or repel the people you don't want. And I think answering the phone that way is going to do exactly that, maybe to an extreme. Um, you know, creating a, an experience out of the mundane, again, think about Southwest Airlines. A lot of people like to call them Southwest, but Southwest Airlines has taken flying, which is a very mundane thing now, mm -hmm. to an experience level. Think about a flight that I was on a number of years ago, 
And you know how the flight attendants, by FAA law, they have to say, um, you know, please be careful opening up the overhead bins. Um, as you know, items has, have a tendency to shift in flight. Well, on this Comedy Central flight that we were on, you know, they said, please be careful opening up the overhead bins. As you know, items have a tendency to shift in flight. As you know, shift happens. <laughs> so, you know, ba -dum -bum. Um, but when was the last time you got off of a plane and you were smiling? Yeah. When was the last time you actually remember, if you're a frequent flyer, when was the last time you actually remembered a flight? Those things all start to blur and blend together. Well, and it's yet, crazy. here's the cool thing, right? Every one of us frequent travelers has one of those stories, and it's either Southwest or Southwest former employee. Right. Right? We all have, like, a frequent one's, oh, yeah, it happened, and one, like me, it happened once. <laughs> once and it's like that's statistically a small percentage but i remember they were they broke out into this andy rooney routine right and it was this like ongoing series of you ever wonder why and they just like we're just howling and why do people park on driveways and drive on parkways do you ever wonder why and on and on and people were just laughing and so i love the the experience out of the mundane because we all have mundane parts of our business where our clients or customers are interacting, right? Exactly. And each point, you know, each point that you have interaction with a client, that would be that creating experience out of that point. Um, I see a question here in the chat box, you know, how can a freelance copywriter disnify their business? Again, you know, their first interaction with you could be your website. All right. Well, what is your website? Is it an experience or is it, you know, a pain in the ass? Um, you know, are you throwing up? Well, you know, you go to a lot of, you try navigating the SBA website these days. I oh, mean, my word. Yeah. Or the IRS. It's a disaster. Um, so, you know, what's the experience with the initial point of contact? Um, you know, your sales letter that you're sending out, um, you know, is it a shock and awe kind of sales letter? Like, holy crap, you know, I got a box of stuff dropped on me. Or did you just shove a letter in an envelope or worse yet, just send an email? Um, well, so, and I mean, even, even collections, like that just triggered my mind on collections because I've been an entrepreneur 37 years. You go through ups and downs collecting money, you go through ups and downs paying money, or you're not an <laughs> entrepreneur. And, and how people reach out to collect payments blows my mind. They, 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 you you got to think they're like, this is a criminal conviction process. <laughs> it's not a client retention process in any way, shape, or form, except the ones who do. And then it's like, oh my God, you know, I mean, FutureSoft is a good example. They've been loyal to me over the years. I've been loyal to them over the years. They're awesome if you get behind. They want you to not drop their service. And I think partly because you can drop their service. It's significant enough. Exactly. You can drop it. And so maybe they've learned it. Maybe it's a leader. I'm not sure. But it, there's an example where today, more than ever, right, landlords, suppliers, creditors, vendors, we all could make that experience better for the people on the other end, couldn't we? Certainly. And actually, you know, you bring that up, the company that I work with for my carpet cleaning business to do collections, you know, they have really got a different approach to it and are almost trying to engage in a partnership with the person who owes me money. Um, and I, and that's one of the reasons I chose them. It's because they, you know, they're not some guy walking around with a two by four ready to break some you know, kneecaps. They're really trying to, <laughs> reframe how 
collections are done and I, and I, and they've been very successful. So I, I'm And I'm very, assuming you think this should start like from before they're even clients, right? Prospects oh, sure. way through the process. Um, and Definitely. so what's, what's some of the things you've noticed on the prospecting side that's sort of like best practices or things to really avoid? Uh, from the Disney side? Yeah. Disney oh, side yeah, or with your clients since then, either way. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, from the prospecting side, you know, I mean, I've got a little leg up because, you know, for the carpet cleaning business, I can say I am the only Disney trained service company in Maryland. And that's probably a fairly safe um, statement to make. Um, and you really need to be able to, and you're not stretching the truth, but if you've been to any Disney training, if you've even been to my training, you know, you can now use in your headlines, you know, Disney trained plumber, Disney trained copywriter, whatever it is. Um, you know, there is a modicum of truth to that. Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch, but it's something that's going to separate you from everybody else, every other plumber uh, in your town. Um, you know, I think with the prospecting too is when you give the importance to the level of experience, the level of service that you're going to provide. I mean, my guys, when they go out to a home and I have a video on this and I also have, um, have it in writing on my website about how one of my guys is going to enter the home. Cause that's one of the mundane things we have to do mm. is enter the home to do the cleaning. So we made a complete production out of this thing. So my guy comes out of the van. He's in a clean, crisp new uniform uh, because he carries an extra one in the van in case he got dirty on the uh, uh, first job. He mm. comes up, he parks in the street. He doesn't park in the driveway because God forbid we've got a leak in the oil. He has a special mat under his uh, arms. He's got his bag and he's got a gift and he goes up to the door. He knocks on the door and, he's, and waits for and takes a step back waits for Mrs. McGillicuddy to answer. After Mrs. McGillicuddy answers the door, he says, hi, my name's Stephen. Uh, I'm with uh, Kim Dry. I'm here to uh, take care of you. May I come in? Mm -hmm. Doesn't just barge in, but mm -hmm. may I come in? When, she, when he is invited in, he makes an exaggeration of wiping his feet on the carpet and uh, comes in and presents the guest or the uh, client with a gift. Um, now, when was the last time a plumber, a carpet cleaner, any home service business presented a gift to you when they got in, before the sale, before anything happened? Sure, uh, how about never, uh, never, and never is my exactly. three Exactly. <laughs> now, this little gift is nothing expensive. You know, it cost me about four bucks to put this together. It's a nice little box um, with a bottle of spot remover, a bag of cookies, and a note from me saying, thank you very much for uh -huh. allowing us into your home. Um, you know, if you have any questions, please feel free to call me. So that gift does two things. One, it separates me from everybody else. As you said, nobody else is doing it. And the thing is, is my competitors know I do it and they're too flippin' lazy to implement it on their own right. or they're not charging it enough and they can't afford to do it. <laughs> um, the other thing that that gift does is it starts a process called reciprocity. Sure. And you know, when it's time for my technician to start talking about the different packages, people feel compelled to give something back. We gave them something they want to give back. So when we implemented this gift, we did nothing else. We changed nothing else. We had a 26% increase in our mid-tier package, which more than covers the cost of this stinky little box. Well, and that's something that right now, so many people are, are, are choosing to market on price already. It's going to get worse. You know it. I know it. Chris knows yeah. it. They're going to be stampeding price deals out the yin-yang. So they cut their margins. They cut their ability to provide value. They cut their, all of those things. And they teach their customers to be cheap. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you're what saying is you can add value without spending a lot of money, but it can add it can have great impact on your experience. I love that example. Well, you know, and people are so afraid about raising their prices. I mean, Disney raises their prices at least once, if not twice a year. Oh no! Um, While you're you at know, the park, they raise their prices. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You come in in the morning; it's one price, and you ah, leave. It's like, else. Oh, I thought I just paid six bucks for a coke, and now it's six fifty. What's going on? Yeah. But you don't but you mind. You can't be bashful. You can't you be bashful mind. about raising your prices. Sure, you need to provide the experience. But you know, I in one of my um, uh, lessons that I do with my clients is I show them how you can increase your price three hundred percent, lose two thirds of your clients, and still be just as profitable, if not more profitable. You got the same revenue coming in. You have less overhead, less headaches. And you're doing it for less people. So you say that again, because I think people missed that, Vance. Raise your price by how much? 300%. Okay. And have you a lot less customers. Two thirds of your customers. Yep. And you'll still be more profitable. Yep. So, I mean, if you raise your price 20% and you lost 5% of your customers, you're ahead. ahead. I remember having a chat with a hairstylist who worked out of home and she used to charge 150 225 for cuts and colors for women in the studio. And she went to home and she was charging these really, really low prices. And I, well, what are you doing? You're working all these hours. Double your prices. Oh, no, no, no. Three months we argued every time mm-hmm. I got my haircut. Then she did. Guess, I mean, she literally, well, you'll know that. She didn't lose a single person. Yeah. They're like, well, we're waiting for you. We knew it was going to come. We, <laughs> we knew we couldn't keep paying this low price for this. They all knew. They laughed. They were, yes. they, they were proud of her. Like, you know, a lot of times we get all hung up on, we can't charge this, but our customers are customers too, right? They're people. Love well, it. you know, and it's also, I mean, you, you look at, I can't remember which marketer said this, but look around at what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. You know, so, I mean, the race to the bottom on pricing is not a winnable race for most small businesses. The only one I know of that can do it is Walmart. Um, And none of us are Walmart on this call, I would assume. Um, So, and being in the middle is probably the worst place to be because that's, you're just getting squeezed. It's nothing, not a separator. Why don't you just charge as much as you possibly can? and provide an incredible experience. I mean, Disney does the same thing. They raise prices in hopes that less people will come. And if less people come, then it's a better experience for the people who are there. Hmm. But it, 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 it hasn't worked. They've been doing it for years. And they still got the crowd in the place. So. We are already out of time. I can't believe this, Vance. We probably could go for about 46 hours, so Chris. What do you it's think, so Vance? Um, we're going to do an all-Vance summit coming up next month. It'll be 14 hours of Vance. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Final thoughts for people listening in. Final bits of, uh, of actionable advice you'd give entrepreneurs, especially marketers, in today's environment. Vance, what would you suggest? Well, you know, I notice there's a lot of procrastination and my tagline is you won't profit unless you implement. So if you're going to be on this call all day long, getting all this great information from all these marketers, take one or two things and do it. Because if you just listen to all this, it's just been a waste of a day. So pick something, implement it, you'll profit. Love it. What a great way to wrap. Thank you, Vance. I appreciate your time. My Uh, pleasure. Thanks for sharing your passion and your wisdom and looking forward to chatting again. Great. Uh, Thanks. And everyone, we are up uh, next, how to market your brand during the COVID-19 crisis. 
an absolute marketing brand guru. You're going to love it. See you in the next room. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Systematic Magic Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to our website, deliverservicenow.com, so you do not miss a single strategy. Join Vance's crusade to eliminate poor client or patient experiences around the world. Go to deliverservicenow.com right now.